This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 287 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today I am with Mark Lauren. Now, Mark is with Mark Lauren Designs. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing terrific, Charlie. Thank you. Well, we really appreciate you uh, coming on here and uh, doing the wonderful things you do, both certainly with your business and, uh, my goodness, the awesome things you do in the community. Talk about being a good neighbor. Uh, can I use the, the pun, you know, being a gem of a good neighbor here? I like uh, that. Can I use that? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start with your company. Tell us about Mark Lauren Designs. Well, Mark Lauren Designs has been in business, incorporated since 1985, and I actually was here in Fort Myers since 1982, and we had what was called a trade shop, so we only did wholesale work for other jewelry stores. So I was doing work for about 12 other stores in the Southwest Florida area where I would do the repair and their custom design, and we started to have people knocking on our door asking for work and wanting to do business and they were private clients. So we thought, wow, maybe we should start looking at a location where we could do both. We could actually have a retail gallery where we could have folks coming in the front door and we can work with them personally. And we can also do the wholesale work for these other stores that really had a need for what we did. And, and we did a, we created a gallery in um, McGregor Boulevard. We built out a space. And so everything that kind of came in the door, the front door we considered to be icing on the cake most of our business was derived through the back door all the wholesale work we were doing for other jewelry stores and as word kind of spread and, and um things got out into the community we started to see more and more folks coming in the front door and we started to let some of those wholesale accounts go as there was problems with the competition and things like that and we could concentrate more on our clients and i was actually trained as a custom goldsmith working face-to-face with clients. So I, I was really looking forward to getting back to that. But luckily the trade shop or the wholesale business really financed the growth of our retail gallery. Very, very cool. And so what was your journey like in the, into the business? Well, I started in high school and uh, as a freshman in high school, one of the prerequisites was art. You had to take art. And I was in a pretty progressive new high school outside the Chicago area, 60 miles northwest of Chicago. So the particular art classes, you worked a few different weeks in different disciplines. So you'd have a few weeks in drawing, a few weeks in painting. Then it went into uh, textiles, ceramics, and then there was metalsmithing. And I loved the metalsmithing and the sculptural aspect of that. So as I became a sophomore and went further into high school, I kept going back to the art classes. And luckily we had art teachers who were schooled in jewelry making and metal smithing. And I just got more and more proficient with what I was able to work with and a lot of inspiration and encouragement from those teachers. In fact, I'm still in touch with my high school art teacher. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we really enjoy that, that relationship and the fact that I'm one of his success stories. <laughs> For sure. So, so you go from, from high school and then, then like, what's the next step from there? Well, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I actually was really great in science as well. And I had a scholarship from Bausch and Loam to pursue possibly becoming an eye surgeon, which really intrigued me. But I also didn't want to be in school for another 10 years. <laughs> and my father had found a technical school uh, for jewelry making and watchmaking and diamond setting. And we went and checked it out and something just clicked it. And he said, well, try it. And if you don't like it, you can always go to college and take the scholarship. So I went to Gem City College School of Horology, horology being the study of time. 
and and just enjoyed every minute of it. When the bell rang, I was in my seat and they had to kind of pry me out of my seat at the end of the day and and took what was essentially a two year course of study and compressed it down into about one year when I got all of my certificates and tested out of school. Wow. And just for our listeners, I, I, I'm sure they're wondering, where is that school located? It's in Quincy, Illinois, right on the Mississippi River. So it was about four hour drive from my house, which was nice. I could go home for holidays and things like that to be with my yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you get into the I mean, wait, repair work at that point? Were you well, I, was, um, I had been uh, how, in touch with a goldsmith on the North Shore of Chicago, who is probably what we would consider the celebrity goldsmith of uh, the North Coast or the Gold Coast of Chicago. And he wasn't ready for me to come into his shop yet. So the only job I could get when I got out of school was at Bulova. So I worked as a watchmaker at Bulova for two months. And, and while I worked with really great people there, I, I couldn't stand the work. It was so monotonous and, and not creative. And finally, I got the phone call that they were ready and had a space for me at the goldsmithing studio. And that's when my career really started. Yeah, yeah. So one last question about you know the jewelry business that I'm curious about and probably our listeners. Then, then I want to switch over into some sure. cool things you do in the community. Your inspiration. I mean, your designs. Where... Does that come just hit you uh, when you're taking a shower or, or you're always all thinking? the time? Yeah, that's really a, a good question in that uh, when I left the shop, I was trained at and went into a few different other retail stores. I've been trained to make jewelry in the style that my employer trained me in. So it was difficult to start to break away from that training and start to listen to and examine my own expression of what I wanted to make and the gemstones to me, talk to me. And sometimes we'll sit on my bench for two, three years until we decide what we're going to do with them. Often when doing custom work, the clients come in with really great ideas. So, and I, I can walk through a furniture store and, and get an inspiration about a particular line. So it's really everywhere. Um, I'm, I'm very, very visual. So I'm on Pinterest and Instagram a lot, looking at thousands of pictures of things that just sort of strike me. And it may just be a curve. It may be the way a particular structure is put together. And I think about how I would work gems into that design, how it would function and how it would be worn. And it's, it's a constant. If I start in the middle of the night, if I wake up and start thinking about jewelry designs, I'm not getting back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. So let's switch over to uh, you being literally a, a gem of a good neighbor. My goodness, uh, your company has contributed to hundreds of, of charities. You're involved. I mean, it's not just like you're you're donating jewelry or writing checks, which you're, you're very generous in doing that, but you're also putting time into these nonprofits and these charities. Can, you mind sharing just a, a few of your favorite charities and sure we've always um and, and it's a bit of a democracy around here too the staff has a lot of input as far as particular organizations that we get involved or partner with so we're always polling the staff and they'll come to me and they'll say hey listen my uncle's doing this thing with this particular group and we tend to be kid oriented so that's medical charities that's mentoring. Um, I'm on the board of directors for the Lee County Foundation for Public Schools, and they have so many great programs for kids. I'm a, hmm. I'm a board member for Big Brothers and Big Sisters, and I had two past little brothers in the program, so I learned a lot about what they do and the impact that they make. And we feel it's really a, so much more beneficial to inspire and mentor a young person than to try to fix a broken adult later on. And there's a lot of great programs out there that fix help broken adults, but we really want to concentrate on the kids 
who are really at the start of their journey and there's a way we can make that more beneficial and give them the the things that they need to the, and answer the questions they need to have answered and have somebody mentoring or working or by their side that loves them and cares about them unequivocally we feel that's pretty important so we do donate jewelry we uh, donate experiences where we'll invite people to come into the gallery for a private cocktail party with gift certificates so we get to meet them more personally and that's really a big part of what we're about here at Mark Lauren Designs is the personal aspect. We want to get to know our clients. It's not about an open door policy where people just come in and go out. Uh, if people aren't skipping out happy, we don't feel like we did our job properly. And that's also with the repair and custom work that we do. We do a tremendous amount of jewelry repair. So that's also helping clients maintain the jewelry they already have. So if a client comes in and they meet us either over the internet or, or word of mouth referral or through a charitable event, and all we do is just maintain their jewelry for them, we feel that's a successful relationship and we're happy to do that. Yeah. Terrific, terrific. How about myths in the jewelry industry? You know, what do you hear? What what comes to mind? Something you can talk about and, and educate our listening audience? Well, I, I love that question because there's a big one. And most people, uh, when they walk into a jewelry store, most people have some trepidation that they don't know what's going on. How do they know they're going to get their same piece of jewelry back? What's going on back there in the back room? Is my diamond going to be switched? Am I going to have the same gemstone when I walk out? And that's probably a big myth. So we try to assuage clients when they come in. If we if we get a sense that they feel a little bit uncomfortable, we ask them, would you like to make an appointment and sit right next to the jeweler back in the shop while they're working on your piece of jewelry? And even if we're going to just clean and check somebody's jewelry, if they're a little worried and we're taking it out of their sight, we invite them to come with us back to the shop and watch that whole process. And also if we're working with clients who are getting engaged, if they want to watch their diamond being set, we'll get some champagne and they'll sit right next to myself or one of my goldsmiths and they'll watch that whole process, which is pretty inclusive. And that's what we're trying to do. That's a great idea. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So how about when you're not, at work, when you're uh, not thinking about the latest designs, what are you doing for fun? I, I've got so many interests. People say, well, if you weren't making jewelry, wouldn't you be bored? I mean, would you be bored in retirement? And I have so many other interests that I could fill up an entire day, no problem. From I, I like individual sports. I've gotten back into shooting my bow. Um, out back here, luckily, I can do that pretty much every morning. I can fire off a dozen or a couple dozen arrows. And it's a bit of a meditative experience for me. I like all physical sports. Um, I'm in the gym probably four or five days a week, uh, trying to keep everything wrapped together as best I can. <laughs> and uh, uh, th there's just a lot. Anything on the water I enjoy. Um, because I'm also helping to raise my seven-year-old granddaughter, we find a lot of things like we discovered paddle boarding together. So we go out paddle boarding and she sits on the board and we get to talk about the wildlife and the beauty of Southwest Florida that way. So sharing, um, I was I played tennis quite a bit in high school and uh, decided not to pursue that direction, but I could have. Um, mm. So mostly individual, but lots of sports, yeah. lots of uh, um, on my bike. I have a one wheel, so I'm on my one wheel a lot. You have a one wheel. Explain yeah, it's that. a motorized uh, electronic um, scooter that's just got one wheel, and it's kind of like a board. And they're big out on the West Coast, and, and I ride that around quite a bit. That was my new COVID skill. I figured I should learn how to ride a board something. Oh, around. That's awesome. Wow. It's a lot of fun. It really is. <laughs> All right. So how about a, uh, a hardship that comes to mind, Mark? Something could be personal or business. Looking back, you say, hey, 
it was rough, got through it. And now I see how that made me stronger, better. What comes to mind? Well, right away uh, would be the, the crash in 2008, the market crash. We'd gone through one or two minor ones prior to that during the length of my business. But when the market crashed in 08, I had a heads up about three months out from one of my clients who's a, a contractor and he's an infrastructure contractor. So he, he sat me down and said, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we're seeing. You really need to tighten up and, and get ready. So we started to take a look at what were the things that we were doing that we could become more economical about. And uh, we barely got through that. And we were a successful operating service business. So if you were a jewelry store where you didn't have the service or the goldsmithing or repair aspect of your business and you just sat in front of your showcases waiting for folks to buy stuff, you were done. I mean, you could hear the wallets closing all across Lee County, but we have a service business. So the, the service aspect of taking care of people's jewelry, accepting gold scrap and trade for repair and custom, that's what really saved us and allowed us to, I mean, I think my fingernails are still sore from holding on from that particular time. <laughs> <laughs> but we kept the entire staff. I didn't want to let anyone go. So I went into a bit of personal debt to keep all of my good staff here. And we eventually came out of it. But that was such a personal as well as business challenge for me. Yeah. Yeah. And a great message now with COVID and certainly some business really being impacted. And, and uh, to draw on that faith, that which really came down to it back then, you had faith that somehow, some way you were going to make through it and through it whole as best you could. So, uh Yes. Great, great message. So one thing you wish our listeners knew about your business, what would that be? One thing uh, that when folks walk in our door, we can pretty much do anything from a jewelry related request. So if they want to have something repaired, I've actually repaired chandeliers and pieces of artwork for people. The technology that we have here, besides watchmaking, which we used to do on site, now we contract that out, is that we can really provide exactly what people's dreams are all about jewelry related. So if they come in with six photos on their phone of things they found on the internet, more than likely, as long as we're not crossing somebody's copyright and we're not infringing on some other designer's copyright, we can replicate that piece down to the smallest detail. We can do really wonderful sentimental jewelry. We've created a beautiful ash reliquary jewelry that holds a loved one's ashes, many different forms and shapes. So that's, and we do a lot of repair. We probably do two dozen watch batteries a day for clients. And that's one of the things that people find us is they see our sign out front and they drive in because it's difficult to find where to have a watch battery done. Yes. And we yeah. get to meet people that way. So they walk in the door and you almost can tell from the look on their face that it's the first time they've walked in because they're a bit surprised. Wow. Love it. So I, I know our listeners are like, those that don't know you, they're, where can I find them? Tell me, tell me. So share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Well, we're on the internet. It's easy. Uh, of course, they reach us by phone. We're on McGregor Boulevard between Cypress Lake and College. There's a my, my wonderful retro armored car parked out front. That's easy to spot in case they miss the sign. And we do special deliveries in the armored car. Ever since I was a little kid, I wanted an armored truck. So we finally found one through the film industry and had it uh, fitted out for us. And so we they see us driving it around town with our wrap on it. Oh my goodness. That's great. It How makes for good uh, engagement ring deliveries. Let me tell you, <laughs> especially when, when a couple sitting outside having dinner and, and she's got no expectation and we rumble up in our armored car and I jump out in a suit and glasses with a locked briefcase and come right to the table and 
put the box, the engagement ring box, right on the table, and the look on their faces is incredibly precious. I, oh my goodness, boy, you are just full of surprises. <laughs> we get to have fun here with what we do, and if it's not fun, you know, I can go be a lifeguard in, in Tahiti or something. <laughs> Love it. Well, Mark, really, it's been a pleasure and, and very entertaining and uh, educational all together here. Uh, really appreciate your time and wish you the absolute best there. Thanks. Well, I appreciate the invitation, Charlie. I look forward to the holiday season and meeting a lot of new folks coming in this year. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.